Before we start this episode with uh, Gene Watson, who is a vice president and assistant GM of the Kansas City Royals, I want to just say thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online, which is what I love most about it. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just have to answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch it to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked, that's right, just for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash NewBallGame. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash new ballgame. Now, on to my interview with Vice President and Assistant General Manager of Major League Scouting of the Kansas City Royals, Gene Watson. We are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Gene Watson, Vice President of Major League Scouting and Assistant GM of the Kansas City Royals. Gene, thanks so much for joining the podcast. First off, how are we doing? How are you doing tonight? Wonderful, Alex. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you having me tonight. Of course, and you've been in the game for over 33 years. What is this game mean to you? Well, it means a lot, Alex. I mean, I uh, I started uh, from the very bottom uh, in 1989. I, I actually began on the tarp crew for the Texas Rangers while I was still playing baseball um, at the University of Texas at Arlington and uh, worked on the tarp crew, the grounds crew, in the ticket office, uh, in 1991, when my playing career was over, I went to work in the home clubhouse. Uh, and that's that's where my real true love for the game took off. I, I was always a baseball fan growing up. My grandfather raised me on the Chicago Cubs, but I, I came more from a football background in Temple, Texas. But in 1991, you know, getting to wake up and go inside that clubhouse and be with those players every day. And it was such a special group. Uh, of coaches and, and players on that roster that it really uh, it really was the, the telling moment that I told myself I wanted to do this for the long term and uh, left the Rangers in um, 94 or 93 and uh, started my associate scouting ship in 1994 with the Astros and it's just kind of moved on from there it's I never ever dreamed that um, it would take me where it has today but it's been a fun ride and and really uh, full of great relationships and experiences throughout the years. Do you have a hero or heroes in the game? I do. You know, that same year in 1991, I was fortunate enough to, to be around Nolan Ryan every day. And, and Nolan and I are great friends today. And uh, just, a, just an incredible human being. I mean, everybody talks about Nolan Ryan, the pitcher, but very few people are allowed access into Nolan Ryan uh, the husband, the father, the man, uh, the rancher. And, uh, you know, he was just such an influential part of my life and and so big in, in uh, you know, helping me uh, move forward with my career. And we're great friends today. And we we have 
you know, breakfast probably once a month and talk baseball in the industry. And he's one of the brilliant baseball minds in our game's history on top of one of the best players ever. And so he would definitely be that for me. Is there one known Ryan story you can share? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, you know, I mean, the amazing thing about Noli was the competitive spirit. And and when he would, and I, I still tell him this all the time, you know, in 1993, um, you know, when he would pitch the very next morning, you know, we, we'd be at the clubhouse at 6.37 a.m. in the morning. And the next morning he could barely walk in the clubhouse. And, and, and you know, every, all of us would go, how's he get a pitch in five days? And he would go in the weight room and get his weights in. And um, it's like, there's no way he's going to be on the mound in four days. And every fifth day he was out there competing. And it was just a true testimony to his, his inner strength and perseverance and how hard he worked. And, 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 you know, he was really one of the innovators of the weight room and your body being in great shape. And so that, I mean, I've got so many, but, but um, he was a practical joker. Uh, he did a lot of practical jokes and too many to tell, but uh, just an incredible human to be around. And and for someone early in my career to have somebody like that as a role model and a, a model for what the game represents, it was a true blessing for me. And you've got to work with his grandson, Jackson Ryan, obviously, Jackson and I have done a podcast in the past. What has it been like for you to grow up in the game, learn from Nolan Ryan, but then over 30 years later, now you're teaching his grandson. Yeah, it's been great. And the whole family, I mean, Reed and Reese, uh, you know, Wendy, I've known them all, you know, 30 plus years. And, and it's a, it's a incredible baseball family and so much integrity and class and grace to the family. And, and Ruth, you know, Nolan's wife is just an amazing human being. And to be able to uh, to be with Jackson and help him and watch him grow, even in the three years uh, we've been together, it's it's been incredible to see, you know, how he was at the beginning to what he is now in his viewpoint of the game and, and how much he's grown as an evaluator and his perspective on the game of baseball. Now, analytics and technology, we'll switch to the baseball side of it, have become such a big part of the industry of the game and in your time in baseball, how have you seen it change over the years? Well, you know, Alex, I, I started in, in November of 97 with the San Diego Padres and, and my boss uh, was Eddie Epstein at the time, who was one of the pioneers of analytics. So I've, I've never gone to the ballpark one day uh, without it being a part, an integral part of, of my scouting viewpoint. And, you know, uh, Eddie would, produced the uh, statistical analysis book. And at that time I covered the Florida state and Texas league. And I would go in and cover the team for five days, write my reports and then go into his book and see what his analytical or statistical analysis was on the players. So, you know, it's always been a part of what I've done every day, as far as an evaluator and blending the two together. I think where it's really, really grown in advancement is on the technology side with the edutronic cameras and the biomechanics and the, pitch shape, pitch design, and and taking a player and what his core strengths are as a player and identifying uh, some strengths and weaknesses and trying to maybe pivot a little bit with their approach. And, and I think you're looking around the game of baseball right now and you're seeing a lot of players that are benefiting from the new technology and it's something that's here to stay. And so you just continue to apply it to your day-to-day -day job and grow with it and continue to learn from it. When you started with the Padres, did you ever imagine that in 20 years the game would be at where it is with this area? 
you know, it's it's pretty amazing. And no, I did not. You know, it 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 was at a time I felt very fortunate because I was a guy that didn't play professional baseball. Um, you know, didn't run an area like most people that enter the game of baseball do. Uh, you know, I'd worked in a clubhouse. I'd done a little bit of coaching. Uh, and I was a writer at the time. I'd done a little radio, television, and and some writing. So I was one of the real early benefactors of an organization taking a chance on someone that didn't come from a traditional background in scouting. And so to see where it's grown today and the opportunities that exist for anybody that wants to get into the game of baseball, it's it's really been uh, it's been great to see. And you know, you go to the ballpark 20, 25 years ago, and it was ex players, coaches, managers, and and now you go to the ballpark and it's 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 employees and scouts and 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 development minds from all walks of life. And so it's really been uh, neat to see that uh, growth in the game and how it's changed in that way. And you mentioned your love for broadcasting and the media side of it. Your major in college was basically communication, sports broadcasting. When you worked with the Rangers, you were a broadcaster for an inning or two. Obviously, now your career has taken you in at a different point, but do you ever strive? Do you ever miss that that love of being on air and just having that excitement of just hitting that on button for an on-air position? I do. I do miss it. It's a lot of fun. I do a, a few radio shows locally uh, here in the Austin area, and, you know, it, it makes it feel like my time in school, you know, spend the, spending the time on it that I did, it makes it feel like I didn't waste my time with it, but I love the game. I love the game of baseball in any form and anytime you can talk baseball, whether it's with other people in front offices, other organizations within the media on radio shows, it, it's, it's a lot of fun for me in, in doing that. Do you think if you had the right preparation, you could do play by play tomorrow? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I would love to do it. It's such a competitive field. Uh, but, but I do enjoy it when I get a chance. Now, obviously, your son played professionally, and baseball is fighting a battle right now for America's youth attention. How exactly have these things that you've experienced, and what advice can you give parents who may be entering youth baseball, and, and uh, just how can they grow for, in that area? Well, the, th the thing that I would, I would say to most parents, and it is an extremely long journey full of a lot of ups and downs. Um, uh, the, the thing that I, I know is I don't think any parent signs their child up to play a sport expecting it to be a very expensive journey. And, and that's one of the things with youth sports in America right now is it's so expensive. And so many parents feel like that if they don't keep up uh, with what everybody else is doing, their kids falling behind. And that's simply not true. I mean, when, when your player takes the field in any capacity, uh, they're given God-given talents and God-given abilities. And all you're wanting them to do is, is show the, the naturalness that they have as players, the athletes that they are, and continue to grow. And I think you've got to eliminate the perceptions of, well, they're doing this and we're not, or they're an all-star and we're not. It, there's just there's so many journeys along the way from, you know, six to 12 when you're just, you know, team playing, getting along with others and creating naturalness for the game. And then 12 to 14, where 80% of the game is, is where the dropout happens. Fields get bigger. Uh, the bases are further. Uh, pitching gets better. Here comes the curveball. Uh, there's a lot of change that you've got to navigate with your young player to get them through that time. And then you get into 15, 16, 17, 18, where, the social distractions of, of, of society begin to take place. And now you find out 
Hey, does my kid really committed to this? Is this something he really wants to do? Now they're getting pulled in different directions from other sports. And so I think it's really important that parents understand, just eliminate the perceptions, uh, let your player develop as much naturalness as they can, help them understand failure, let them fail on their own from time to time, and just walk them through a very, very long journey of hopefully getting to play at the, at the next level if possible. Now, Tyler, your son, we mentioned he did play professional, and you've been in baseball at a high level through really three phases in his life, right? The pre-career, going into high school, then college, then professionally, then during it, and now post-career. How has your just mindset of what we just talked about changed over that course of time through all the, the three main phases? Yeah, and that's something I talk to a lot of parents about. If you're in this for the long run, there is an end game to it. And most of it is going to be decided on uh, your player's individual desire to play the game. You can only push them so hard. You can only make them work so hard. And and I think that you're going to find out more about your player by giving things away, giving it away, not worrying as much, uh, especially young, letting them make mistakes, letting them fail and learn from them rather than catching them or keeping them from making that mistake and then they don't learn anything from it and it happens again. So it, it got to the end with, with, uh, with Tyler where, you know, he would pitch two or three outings and, you know, we wouldn't even know he pitched because it became such a, a part of his life and, and, and so much normalcy within our lives. And that's, you know, as you play this game a long period of time and uh, you know, that tends to happen, but we're, we were certainly, you know, so proud of the journey and so excited for him and looking back so many great memories and what it allowed us to experience as a family and it helped him grow as a human being and that's ultimately what this game is about is is teaching young men to become great husbands leaders and and fathers and that's what it did for ours and now he's working for the Padres what does it mean to you I mean the Padres was one of your first teams that you worked with so now he's a scout with them when you heard that news when he got it almost a year ago to the date what was your first reaction? Very surreal and almost like going back in time in our lives because it was my first full-time job. And we went to the World Series our second year in to be able to share that journey uh, with him this year with as good as that team was. It was, you know, where his family is right now is where our family was at the same time. So very, very surreal and a lot of pride in the moment. Gene, this is my favorite part of any interview I do. It's a fast five quick round it's five quick questions and you have as much time to answer them are you ready i'm ready what is your favorite karaoke song my favorite karaoke song is cowboy rides away by george Strait. favorite restaurant in america my favorite restaurant in america man that's a tough one because there's so many i'm gonna go joe steak and seafood in downtown chicago okay i like it what would be your favorite movie that you can recite the most lines to? Oh, man. That's the toughest question of all. Um, I'm going to go La La Land. <laughs> favorite MLB ballpark? Wrigley Field. I grew up a Cub fan. If I had to go to one ballpark every day for the rest of my life, it would be Fenway. But there's just nothing for me like going to Wrigley Field and being able to think about my grandfather and my family and all the time they spent there. And and uh, so that's a very special place for me. 
Obviously, you own a lot of sports memorabilia and you have acquired a lot. What's one thing you've never gotten your hands on that you would love to have? Um, my gosh, I've gotten so much. Um, you know what? I'm, I I love the rock Dwayne Johnson. I, I would love to have anything signed by Dwayne Johnson. I, I, I feel like I've been pretty blessed and fortunate to meet a lot of people in the world, um, and spend time with a lot of them and actually get to know them as people. And Dwayne Johnson is just somebody that I've had so much admiration for and, and the, you know, the obstacles that he's overcome in his life and where he's gotten to and how hard he's worked to get to where he is today. So, you know, anything from Dwayne Johnson would be amazing. I'd love to meet him someday and, uh, and just thank him for the inspiration that he's been in my life. And um, so that would be it, Dwayne Johnson. I love it. And the last question for you on the podcast, I mean, it's one that we could sit here the next hour and talk about, but how can you think about maybe growing the game of baseball in a bigger picture? Well, I think we have to, one, educate the families again at a very young level and, and make them understand that how much you put into your player's career financially is not going to dictate what kind of player they turn into. The game in between the white lines is the ultimate evaluator and and letting them just get as much naturalness as they can, play as much as they can uh, without paying an arm and a leg to do that uh, is one. Uh, I think we've got to get back to creating more uh, situations where at 15 and 16, instead of players running to full scholarship sports, uh, we need to create more opportunities for you know, financial aid, financial benefits. I'm hopeful that 11.7 will go away soon where players at 15, 16 can stay with baseball knowing that they're going to have an opportunity to have a full academic scholarship after high school, which you do get in basketball and you do get in football. And so keeping those young student athletes playing the game through their high school years is really, really important. And then hopefully we'll get back to where players have more opportunity at the professional level to, you know, improve on players. I think when you look around the game, there's enough uh, uh, evidence of players that were drafted beyond the 20th round that have been very, very successful at the major leagues that that now aren't even getting drafted. And who knows if they're even going to continue to play baseball. So just, you know, seeing the game through the eyes of the players and, and protecting the game and growing it and creating as much opportunities as you can for players to continue to play is, is ultimately what's going to keep our game thriving in the long run. Well, Gene, thanks so much for taking the time tonight to come on the whole story podcast. You're one of the best. So appreciate you taking the time for me, Alex. Thanks so much. Appreciate you.